Hello, listeners. Welcome to Freelance Friday with Vay Casey, a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experience of freelancers. Today on the show, we've got Justin Clemens. He uh, works out of and runs Flock Studio. It's another co-working space uh, here in Dallas, down in Oak Cliff. And if you've listened to any of the other episodes, we've got a couple of other people that have been on the show that have been members at Flock. And you kind of start to see an, a common theme with some of the stuff here. And it's very much communal based and people that are uh, have relationships with each other. And I think that plays a really vital part in freelancer success. Uh, we really are stronger together than we are apart. And so it's cool to be able to connect with people in that community and to kind of f- further build that network. Uh, Justin, thanks for coming on the show today, man. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I feel like this has been a little while in the works. Yeah. Just at least at least as far as like in my head. Yeah. I was there's always for a while been this like I have a feeling we're going to sit down and do one of these one <laughs> of these days. Well, I've seen you from time to time and hanging out, being up at Flock a couple of times and the interactions I've had with you, I'm like, I think it's a pretty cool dude. And then I hear more about you and I'm like, yeah, I can hang with that guy. Yeah. I'm glad we're able to do it, man. Yeah, uh, so what, how long have you been freelancing for, man? So, uh, I graduated from North Texas, uh, with my BFA in photography in 2003. And then I assisted for about three years, um, and then started slowly shooting on my own after that. Um, so that's probably been 15 years or so, something. So you got a bit of experience in this world then. Uh, yeah, I think so. Maybe a little bit more than you want. It's been a long ride, uh, <laughs> a good ride. But um, I tell, you know, I tell people if they want to have coffee and just kind of talk about whatever, how I got to where I am and helping them out, I just tell them it's going to be a long, slow start, but it's worth it. I mean, it, it probably took me freelancing on my own probably about five years till I was making decent money working for myself. Uh, and it was it's a tough start, but when you make it through that rough part and you're, kind of your fingers are out there and people know you in the community and stuff and it's a lot easier to be getting jobs and people are coming to you, it's absolutely worth it. And I love what I do. Yeah. yeah. Had you... So you went to you said you went to school, yeah, BFA, <clears throat> um, Bachelor of Fine Arts. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. What uh, I mean, had you always wanted to do photography stuff or stuff in the arts, or what yeah. kind of drew you to that? Uh, it's it's funny, man. My my parents wanted me to get a degree in something, uh, which I respect, but they didn't care what I got a degree in, so. Started off just doing basics in college, and and I was kind of interested in photography a little bit, but I really didn't consider myself creative at all. Uh, In high school, I sucked at art. Like, taking art classes, it was pretty horrible. Uh, So then I I was like, man, maybe I'll check this photography thing out. Started to enjoy it. I didn't know what else I kind of wanted to do, so I was like, man, I guess I'll just continue down this path. And then, of course, getting into it, you've got to take drawing and painting and figure drawing and design, design too, all this stuff uh, in the arts. And I finally came to a point, man, where I kind of just broke open and just relaxed. My problem was I was too detailed and everything had to be perfect and it never was perfect. So I was just frustrated and angry all the time. And there came a point where I was just like, able to just kind of gesturally draw and do things kind of quickly and just kind of be more free. And then at that point I was like, wow, I actually really enjoy this and I'm actually not that bad at it. Uh, my design classes, you know, in the big class, it's like 300, 400 people in there. Uh, and every time we'd have a project, you know, you break out in your smaller classes. Um, but probably four or five times out of the 10 times that we met as a big group, my projects were shown as like, this was like well done. And not saying that bragging, but it that really helped my confidence because I didn't think I was very good. Uh, but seeing that, then I started thinking, man, maybe I am a creative. And then I started to do photography and uh, enjoy making art out of photography. And, and uh, yeah, kind of went from there. 
That's cool. So then when it came to, you said that was in high school, right? Uh, so that, that, was, that was in college. That was in yeah, college. Yeah. Okay. So then after that, like, I mean, whenever you went into, into college, like, why did you pick BFA of everything? Um, Especially, so, I guess, if you were in a position where you didn't feel like you were that great yeah, necessarily totally. and you were in that. So line. I didn't, I know that I didn't want to do business or any other thing. Uh, and then when I started to get into the art classes and feeling like I was pretty decent at it, uh, I started to get into the photography. And one thing that was really influential for me um, is my professor one day, I was probably maybe a junior at this point, um, she pulled me out of class and was like, Justin, I, I just want to talk with you a sec. Like, I think that you can really, I think you're doing really good work, really cool conceptual stuff. And I think you can actually like really make it as a photographer. Um, and I want to help you get there and set me up with like an internship. Um, my first internship was with Nancy Newberry, uh, this editorial photographer. She's amazing. Uh, but I think having the confidence of that professor say, like, you can do this. You can make a living at this. It started to get my mind thinking. Because I, I thought, okay, maybe I'll do this photography thing. But I don't really see myself as being this, like, big photographer. But I'll just work in the industry. Because the industry is interesting. So maybe I'll just, I don't know, assist or be a producer or something. But I didn't have the confidence to say, Man, I can actually shoot and make a living. Um, Till this professor kind of like said, yeah, you, you can do that. Uh, so she gave me this internship with Nancy, and I basically went to her studio and organized her slide film, uh, which sounds horrible, but I absolutely loved it. I love being, um, and it was her like bedroom and studio, like his tiny little place. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Uh, I just organized slide film, but I'd pick it up and look at it and be like, oh, holy shit, this was like in Fortune magazine and this was in this magazine and making that connection was like, wow, this is huge. Um, <clears throat> so I did that and then I slowly, I started to assist this JCPenney's photographer and I would just uh, sit in the back corner, put together JCPenney's furniture bring it out he would photograph it give it back to me I would take it box it up and send it back like that was my job was basically to assemble <laughs> furniture and kitchen items uh, which again sounds horrible but I just love being in that environment um, and then I assisted a few more photographers uh, still at that point not thinking that I could like make it on my own and it Slowly, I think I just realized um, that I am a creative. I can create good content, good work, uh, and slowly started to like, um, yeah, push it out there and like start shooting and started with kind of smaller uh, editorials and then just kind of slowly worked my way up. So, how, what was the when you decided like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of start pursuing this and pushing this a little bit and you're like in a position where you're doing more assisting stuff and kind of just like working on sets with photographers how did you how did you go about starting to get that work i mean were you just yeah. like i just want to shoot and i want to just like create work to put it out did i have a portfolio or did you yeah. already have relationships with people that knew that you could do it and so they started like addition you work or second shooting yeah, that's a good question. or um my very it's kind of a funny story my very first assignment uh this photographer i was working with adam fish um he he doesn't shoot anymore on a commercial level um but really great dude i worked with him for uh quite a while and i would shoot like tests on my own trying to build up my portfolio um did that a little bit working on my website and then um he couldn't shoot this little editorial gig and and said hey why don't you try justin he's a good photographer so that came to me uh i was scared out of my mind so I went and shot it and it's this bartender 
and um, kind of the the pieces on this new drink that she made, and it like lights on fire. And um, so I went, shot it, thought I did an okay job, turned it in to the editor. Uh, I don't hear back for like two weeks. And I'm like, man, what's going on? So I email her. It's like, hey, you know, you get my images. Have you made your picks? And I'll retouch it and send send you the final. And she said, yeah, we got we got the images, but uh, we're gonna reshoot it because we didn't really care for what you got. Uh, <laughs> that was my very first editorial oh, assignment. Man. It was like a fail. Um, so that that was man, that was a tough one to kind of deal with. And she said. Go ahead and send us your kill fee, uh, and you will pay you for that. And I emailed her back and just said, I, I'm not going to send you like an invoice. I would just like another opportunity. And so the next month, she gave me another small assignment, and I worked my ass off on that. Uh, and she liked the images and gave me another assignment the next month. And then I worked with them for probably six years. Uh, but that that entry. And, and having that like denied was was tough. Yeah. So especially it, imagine being in the position where you're nervous. Like I Oh my gosh. My first few shoots I ever did was like weddings for friends and stuff, but it's like I was so nervous too. I feel like yeah. that just kind of being in a creative vein, a creative thing, like it's a very vulnerable position to be oh in. Oh my gosh, and totally. I feel like it's gonna I mean that's how it would be for anybody. Yeah. Anything you're shooting, like you're probably gonna be nervous when you first start out. <laughs> yeah. I think the the problem I did with it that's when like high pass was kind of in you know that kind of gritty contrasty kind of look uh and i just not being confident in my work put a high pass on it and just kind of made it a little more like just overdone over like um retouched and they were like no we we're not really digging this so i think out of my of uh, non like just not being confident in myself i overdid these images and then they didn't like it yeah yeah so then what did you do differently from that shoot to the next one that i mean because if she gave you a chance to reshoot yeah. it and she didn't like the first ones and then the next time she did what did you do differently i definitely that? didn't do the high pass that was like trendy uh because i learned this editor doesn't like that um, had she given you feedback as far as like did y'all talk about like hey no. why did you not like the images like what did you no okay no which uh, I was nervous to even ask, so I, I don't know what what it was. Um, you know, but that it still happens today. I've I've been shooting for fifteen years for you know a lot of different magazines, national magazines, and there'll still be a time where I shoot something and I I like it. I'm I'm digging in, and and editors will say, oh, I kind of wish you would have went this route, or you might not care for the images still, and I think that's the tough part of us being freelancers is that it's like a like a consistent um, interview, you know, like every single time we're having somebody judge our work. It's not like we go to work and we just kind of do the same thing and nobody's like judging us. Every single job we have, somebody, a photo editor's saying yes or no, like good or bad. Um, and we're never 100%. We're never going to make images that are consistently, every time our creative thought lines up with the photo editor's creative thought. So you, you learn to just kind of, I guess for lack of a better term, like build this kind of hard surface where you try and just make the best work that you can. And then once it's done, it's out there and you take your emotion out of it which is extremely hard. But yeah, it is. Nobody's going to make work that every single photo editor likes. Dan Winters is creating work that I'm sure some photo editors like, wow, this is a little crazy, Dan, or, you know, whatever. Uh, so you, you learn to just kind of be okay with quote-unquote failure uh, along the way. So I don't know what that first photo editor didn't like about it, but... I tried to just kind of move on from it, which is hard at the beginning, but um, then I just kept trying to create the best work I could, um, and they liked it and just kept kept giving me jobs. So, were you were you doing digital? Was it was you doing digital photos at that point, or yeah. was it 
It was like that been at the point where kind of the switchover had been made. Yeah, right when I was graduating, 2003, that that switch was like really hitting. And uh, my parents told me they'd buy me a really nice camera when I graduated. And that was my decision was like, do I go nice film camera or nice digital camera? And so I went digital and I've never turned back. That's all I shoot. Yeah. What, uh, so once you started shooting this editorial stuff and kind of getting, getting some gigs while you've been assisting, I mean, how long did you keep assisting and doing the other stuff for? You said it took you about four yeah. or five years to really get to a point where you're making solid money from yeah, it. Yeah, totally. I mean, even assisting starting out is tough because you work with a photographer for, you know, a day this week and maybe two days the next week and then not the next week. And then, you know, so it's so random. So I, I worked at Starbucks and my friend was a manager, so he would always let me off. So that transition is tough. And then the transition going from assisting to shooting is really tough. Um, and for me, what really pushed me is I was working basically full time for Adam Fish, an editorial photographer. Um, and there kind of came this point where he was slowing down a little bit. And then, so I'm not working since I'm not assisting. So then I was like, I can't just keep depending upon other photographers to be providing for me. Um, I have to take control of my own financial success or failure. Um, so it really put the drive in me to start uh, going for it and to contact magazines and put my work out there and keep my website up to date. And uh, so it, it's a tough transition. It really is. So I would, I assisted slowly getting off assisting at like three years, but probably was still doing it off and on for another year. And then uh, made the jump and just said, all right, no more assisting. I'm just shooting. Um, and there were still slow times. Fortunately, my wife was a teacher, and so she um, kind of depended on her and her, you know, financially for a couple of years, and then kind of just slowly started to take off. All right. With that, whenever you, whenever you decided to stop assisting, was it something where... Like you, were you just at a point with your photography stuff where you were busy enough where you're like, I can't, I don't need to do this anymore? Or were you at a, in a position where you just had so much freelance work that you weren't able to assist? Or was it a point yeah. where you're like, okay, I'm done assisting. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. Was it like a hard line, totally. like jump off? I feel like I hit a wall. I, I, I was a good assistant. Like, I'm, I'm really, uh, I think just my personality, I'm not really the, I don't know, take, take control, big leader type person. I'm actually a really good number two. Like I'm a really good support. Uh, so in assisting, man, I was on top of it. I was taking care of clients. I mean, when I had nothing to do, I'm straightening cords up and I could kind of read what the photographer is going to want and did it before he asked. And, and I was I was pretty good at it. Um, but then it came a point where after three years slowly and getting into four, I was like, man, I'm, I'm kind of done with this. You just kind of reach this point of, um, I want to be my, in, in charge of my own future. You know, like I'm going to start being the head dude on set. I'm going to be the photographer. I'm going to, you know, make the money. Um, and so I kind of just hit a wall and just decided, like, uh, I've, I've got to change this up and, and be done. So so then you, when you do that, how do you start getting work? Um, what's your, yeah, what's the way that you've, like, some of the ways that have worked for you over the years? For me, um, so I, th- I think it's important to be on as many, like, uh, just like your fingers going out being out there as much as you can in as many different ways as you can. So, of course, there's different websites that uh, you you could be on. There's like Wonderful Machine or Workbook or Found or, you know, all these different sites that some you have to pay money on, some you don't. 
So getting on those, because photo editors do go to those sites and find photographers that they like in certain areas. If Time Magazine is going to do a shoot in, you know, Fort Worth, Texas, they're not going to be flying a New York photographer down to Fort Worth. They're going to go to this site, look in Fort Worth. Here's the 12 photographers that have good work. Whose work do I like the best? And then who's available? So you can shoot for national magazines just because you're on the site and you have good work. Um, and then, you know, they can go to your website and see who you've worked with before and see who your client list is. But so that's a good one. Um, I'm not the best at marketing. I'm, it's really my weak point. Um, I feel like that's kind of the case with a lot of, a lot <laughs> yeah, of us. Totally. <laughs> We're great I, at doing the work. Yeah. It's just a matter of getting it. Well, you can only be like, you know, like really good at certain, you know, like enough things. I mean, our jobs, as you know, there's like 12 jobs to do and we're one person. So yeah. you can't be good at everything. Um, but every once in a while, I'll send out like a promo piece, uh, postcard or a small book leaflet type thing or whatever. Um, and then I would, <clears throat> at times I would do uh, email promos, send those out. But really all that stuff I'm just not consistent with. I pay for agency access, but I'm basically just sending them checks every month for free because I, I very rarely use it. Um, but at the beginning, I did more. At the point I am now, it, it's less necessary because um, I've been shooting for so long that my name's out there, I guess, enough that people would just come to me for assignments and I'd, it's less hustle. At the beginning, man, you just got to get your name out there as much as possible and just hustle, hustle, hustle. Um, but when you, you know, when you've been doing it for 15 years, it's less that, uh, you're getting jobs. But the, the issue I have now is I want to shoot the jobs that I really want and enjoy. Um, you know, cause I get hit up for, headshots at a law firm or whatever um and at times i'll take it you know if it if they want to pay this rate and and i'm gonna make some money off of it some good money i'll do that i'm not too proud to do you know dumb non-creative shoots like that but to get the jobs i really want for you know um outsider magazine or you know, keep working for a Wall Street Journal or these other things, I have to pursue those. You, you, if you kind of get lazy, you'll still get work, but it might not be the work that you really want. So you do have to continue to hustle to get the work that really makes you alive inside. So if you wanted to get, like say that you hustled a little bit more now and you were trying to get more of the work that you wanted. Cause before yeah. I'd be like, whenever I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm definitely not like as far along in my career as you are like m almost half, but I definitely seen how the hustle that I had to do when I first started out is different than the hustle now. And originally it was very much like you were talking about just a hustle to get work. And yeah. it's just like, I just want to do work, whatever, yeah. And then it kind of gets to the point where, like you're saying, it's like, okay, now I want it to be a little bit more specific. Yeah. Totally. And I want to get certain types of stuff. And so what would that hustle look like for you now in, in a pursuit of like specific types of projects? Yeah. Um, so, your, so your website starts to look like whatever you're shooting and that you know, so, um, and sometimes you get in this mode of just shooting and making money and providing for your family. Um, so I, what I'm combating now is just kind of looking at my website and, and liking what's there, but feel like it could be more me. It could have my fingerprint more. And so, uh, how I do that is, uh, what I'm, trying to do more is just shoot personal projects um, shoot stuff that I really enjoy and want to show and then let photo editors that go to my site see that 
And then they're like, oh, totally. He does this, like, you know, he did this cool hiking trip. You know, he shoots outdoors well. Outsider Magazine could be like, okay, he could totally fit with what we're doing. But if I don't go and shoot outside hiking images, then when the photo editor goes to my website, they're like, why would we hire this dude? He doesn't shoot any outdoor stuff or whatever. So just showing it, not even that you're being paid for it, but just shooting it, showing that you can do it. Right. I mean, and they don't know that you're not getting for. paid for it even necessarily. Like. No, no, not at all. Which they don't care as long as you're right. providing They're, great imagery. You know, they don't care. Would you still keep other stuff up on your website that's not kind of in the vein of stuff you want? Or do you think you would just get to a point where you completely strip yeah. everything that's not the stuff that you want to do? Um... That's a tough one. At this point in my career, I'm I'm all about enjoying what I do, uh, and less about just making a ton of money. And so, for me, I want to just narrow it down to what I want to be hired for, because um, I don't have like healthcare stuff up there, you know. Although I've shot a ton of healthcare and doctors and nurses and you know th- that whole gamut. So if like Baylor Medical contacts me and says, hey, you know, we'd love for you to shoot some portraits for us. Do you shoot medical stuff? I mean, I already have a PDF of all a ton of good medical images and I'll send them be like, yeah, I shoot a lot of that. Here's my stuff. I shoot for Southwest Medical. I shoot for all these things. But it's not going to be on my side because to me that stuff's boring and I, I don't, it doesn't really interest me. I could shoot it, but... That's not what I want to strive for. So I, what I do love is really interesting conceptual portraits. That's like, that's what what I get super excited about. So that's the stuff I'm going to show. I'll I'll also shoot architectural stuff, and that's fun too. It's kind of a a different bag than portraits. It's more so like not dealing with people and you and an assistant going into place and and shooting you know spaces and that's kind of nice for my brain to take a break from thinking conceptually and getting a person to do different things. Uh, so I do like that. So I'll show that and then I'll show my portrait work, but my portrait work is what I really love creating stories out of these images and, and magazines is what I, I love. Cool, man. So what about the, I guess kind of the more, to move away from the creative side of stuff a little bit more mm-hmm. or, or, or that, but into like accounting or bookkeeping and contracts and stuff like that. Yeah. The stuff that most of us are not the greatest at or don't even know where to begin. How do you yeah. handle that stuff? Uh, how do I handle all that stuff? Uh, that's a big question. So I'm not really awesome at contracts. I, for me personally, it's, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like, you're an idiot, but it's really not that big a deal to me. The whole contract thing and, you know, sending a certain percentage and I don't know, all, make sure I get it signed and sent back to me. I mean, the people that are hiring me are, are magazines, big magazines or some, you know, bigger companies. So, um, uh, I don't know. It's just too much of a hassle, really, for for me and to make sure I get them back and do all that. I just shoot it. There's been probably, in the 15 years I've been doing it, there's probably been three clients that haven't paid, um, you know, but that's not like it happens to me um, very often, and I'd rather just not have the headache of making sure that the whole contract thing is figured out so for me that's not a big deal uh some people it is but i just don't worry about it and i've i've got paid 99 percent of the time and it's fine um like bidding jobs and estimates stuff like that for really big jobs um it's like big crew big client i'll get wonderful machine to do it i'll get them on the phone and and um because i'm a member with them they give me a percentage off um, producing type tasks like that. So they'll bid the job, write it all out, the contract, everything, 
and I'll um, you know send that to the client for excuse me um, for editorial stuff they basically come with their budget you're not bidding it or anything like that they say we've got you know a thousand bucks for this portrait of this person do you want it or not um, so there's really zero bidding in that aspect there's times that I might ask um, you know hey this is like a pretty big um, person can I get another assistant on this can y'all pay for that can I get a hair and makeup you know and ask for those and they'll say yes or whatever but but we're not really trying to find a price with magazines and that's the majority of what I shoot's magazines um, when I'm doing commercial or advertising I, I, I don't know I just kind of feel where my numbers need to be I'll, I'll try to fill them out as like how big of a production they are kind of seeing this to be or how little and then I'll just kind of massage the numbers to kind of be where I feel like is a good place so but everything really everything has their prices you know like hair and makeup is a price styling is a price my assistance is a price retouching is a price and they all stay pretty much there I just have to figure out how many of those line items I'm going to need to put in the estimate really the only factors is like my creative fee and usage you know for the most part so those will kind of go up and down um as to where I feel the end number needs to be. You mentioned usage, yeah. and I think that's something that like, I kind of understand, and I have like a glimpse into it, and yeah. but I've never really had to deal with licensing and usage terms and figuring yeah. all that stuff out for myself. Uh, can you explain that kind of and what what that what it means? Yeah. For the usage and, and how you go about calculating and figuring all that out. Yeah. And why it's important to do that. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, so if there's a commercial client, so uh, most people probably know this, but the difference between like commercial and advertising. Advertising is usually going through an agency. It's, they're getting you shoots so that they can produce ads. So that's kind of a bigger thing. Um, and there's art directors, creative directors, all these people that are a part of that, designers that have been working on this concept for months. Um, so that's a little bit of a different bag than commercial shoots. Commercial is like a smaller company comes to me and wants me to shoot stuff, and it's going to go on their website, or maybe they'll do an ad out of it. But it's it's more for this commercial company. Um, so first off, you're kind of thinking there, advertising clients would pay more for usage. Commercial clients, um, it's probably going to be a little less. It's probably a smaller company, a small uh, architectural firm or something like that. Um, so you kind of have to feel out the importance of the shoot and then what they're going to use it for. Is it just going to go on their website? Is it just internal um, you know, I shot something for FedEx, but it was just going to be these internal images that the public isn't going to see, but they're, you know, they're thousands and thousands of employees will see. They're not going to be making money off this. And so I can't charge a huge usage fee for that if it's just internal. But if it's web, print, um, you know, they're going to make a billboard out of it or, you know, the bigger the usage of it, the more I'm going to charge for that. So one one good thing that um, somebody's told me to figuring that out is you want your usage to be around a quarter of your creative fee. So um, and then you go up and down from like the importance of it. So if my creative fee is you know, if I'm shooting a job for and my creative fees. $4,000 just to make numbers easy. Uh, then my usage, I'm going to start at about 1000 And then if it's going to be billboards and a bunch of advertising, then I'm going to go up a little bit. If it's um, website, then I'm going to like take that down a little bit. So, um, you know, if I'm shooting for this small company and my creative fee is at 2000 
then my usage is going to be, you know, 350 to maybe 700, depending on the importance of it. How do you gauge like where that needs to be? Like I know I talked to Wade yeah. in, and whenever I've talked to him in person before and I heard him over the phone, he talks about um, with clients where it's like, yeah, it's cool. Like if y'all want, you know, cause sometimes he'll have an architecture firm and uh, a construction company and you know, a landscaping crew or whatever mm-hmm. that all want to use the images yeah. that they shot, that he shot. And he's like, hey, yeah, that's cool. But like, if the other company wants to use the images, they need to pay for them. Yeah. Even though the shoot's already been paid for. Yeah. And the way he kind of describes or talks about it is like, you think about like these companies that make movies, right? And you may go into a store and pick up a DVD or a Blu ray of a movie, and you're going to pay whatever it costs to yeah. buy that movie. And the next person that comes into the store is going to pay the same thing for that, for that movie. Even though it's the exact same movie, the movie's already been produced. Yeah, it's like totally. another copy of it. And so it's basically you're making these like digital copies. Yeah. And because essentially they're going to be making money off of your images. The landscaping company that didn't pay for the shoot, but they're going to use the images to show how great they can make, you know, the yard out front or whatever. Yeah. So they should pay for that, you know? And it's not like you're being greedy, but uh, um, they're going to be making money off that. And so you, as the person that created that, should make some off of that. Right. So it's, at first I was I felt weird about usage, especially if another company is wanting to use images and it's already shot. I'm, I'm not you know, like using any more energy to make these images besides uploading on the Dropbox, but they are going to get, make money off these things. And so I should charge for them. That's a tough part. I think for estimating and bids is taking the emotion out of it because you'll bid a job and then you won't get it. And then you can like, totally go in your head and be like oh man I feel like I was a little high maybe I should have brought this down or whatever um, I've I've been learning to be better at this of just these are my prices it might go up and down depending on the client but once I send it out um, I need to just let it be if I don't get the job that's fine but I can't just like emotionally go on this roller coaster of like well, you know, is it this? Is it this? Um, just try my best to take the emotional part out of estimating. Yeah. Do you think I used to, so when I started out, I would like it was common for me to give a bid for a project and then be like, oh, we don't have the money for that much. We only have this much and be like, yeah. oh, yeah, okay, cool. I'll do that and still do the same work that I would have done <laughs> yeah. for the price that I quoted that was two or three or four times yeah, totally. whatever I ended up doing it for. <laughs> I mean, I've learned now you can't really do that and sustain, but I mean, for you, like, do you, I guess, first off, do you ever like come down on pricing or like flex on pricing? And if you do, are you still providing the same service you would or, or do you adjust and pull things out or do things differently or how do you handle that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Somebody told me a a while back, it might've been Adam Fish, but uh, it was a really good piece of advice is don't ever do a job for a price that w- when you're doing the job, you just feel kind of frustrated inside. You know, you feel taken advantage of or you're shooting and you're like, my gosh, man, I'm doing it for this price. You know, I'm just super frustrated and bummed about this. You shouldn't be doing it. Um, so uh, for myself, I'm willing to go down to the point where I feel like they're respecting me, my time is worth this amount, um, but this is like this is my my bottom that I'll go down. If I go to below this, I'm going to be frustrated. I'm not going to want to put in the effort um, into it. I'm going to feel taken advantage of, and so you, you have to kind of figure out what that level is. So I won't go below that. Um, I'll just say, you know, I might refer a couple other 
photographers, up and coming photographers that might do it for that. Um, but I won't go below that. I feel I, I do come down, but there is a, a level I won't go below. Have you, is that something that you've always done that way or, or is that something that like over time as you had experiences that you kind of like, Oh, I need to kind of. Yeah. Well, since he told me it was pretty early on in my career, that's always been in my head. And then there was times I would definitely be like, man, I just need some money and, and go and do it. And then I'll have that like feeling inside of me of just being frustrated that I'm doing all this work for this small amount of money. Um, and it'll kind of remind me like you want to do what you enjoy and love and you want to do a good job. Um, and you don't want to get to a point where you're just shooting anything and everything and just giving away work and then just being frustrated. Um, if you're starting out, shoot anything and everything, make some money, you know, like, but once you start kind of getting your career settled in and it's not important to make $500 on this shoot, um, then just don't do it. Pass it on to somebody else that might really need that job. Uh, and then just stay with the jobs that you feel like for my own sanity, I feel good about doing this. I feel like I can really put in every effort, put it, do 110%, you know, like quality and feel good with what I'm doing and not taken advantage of. Um, so there's times that early on I would shoot those jobs and then I'd be frustrated and then I'd be like, all right, no more. I'm not shooting that thing for that price because I just feel like they're getting so much more than what I am. With that, do you ever try to explain that to to people, to clients of like why I'm not going it? Or do you just <laughs> like, no, it's not. Like they don't care. I mean, you know, I'll tell somebody, hey, I'm willing to get rid of this, you know, hair and makeup and um you know, less produced. We don't need all this equipment. It'll be a little more run and gun type. And so you're getting rid of these line items to bring the numbers down for them. But your creative fee, I'm going to keep that at the, the lowest point that I still feel comfortable doing. So you can, you can bring numbers down by losing stuff. Maybe you don't need as much equipment. Maybe you need one assistant instead of three or whatever, and you'll bring numbers down. But I'll tell the client, this is like, this is kind of what I feel comfortable in doing. And if, if you don't want to do it for this, then I could definitely recommend some amazing photographers that could do great work for you. But they don't care me explaining, well, it just internally, uh, I don't feel good about, you know, I feel taken advantage of. They don't want to hear that, you know. So I don't. You ever have clients that after you've, or potential clients rather after you've like you come to an impasse like that where it's like they want price to be lower but you can't do it for lower and then you tell them I can't but I can give you references do any of have any of those ever come back and been like oh, alright cool we want you we'll pay it we'll go ahead and buck oh, up the totally. extra money yeah for sure you definitely have people that are trying to get you to the lowest point which is why a lot of times when I would do those shoots lower than what I felt comfortable with. I felt frustrated at the end because, you know, I knew that they had the money. They were just trying to get me as low as possible. Um, and then they, they won, you know, like they got all of this work that's worth four times of what I'm charging. And that's just not fair, especially for like companies, bigger companies. Um, it's not cool to do that. So, well, I think even for yeah. other photographers too, like, yeah, for the industry, um, totally. I, I think there's definitely a, like, there's a lot to say for communal standards of yeah, like absolutely. pricing and excellence. Totally, because then it makes it harder for the, them to go on to the next person and be like, oh well, I'll find somebody else that'll do it then. Yeah, totally. Uh, Wayne and I have talked about this a decent amount, and. There are times that like for the subject matter, I'll do something for a low price. And so at that point, I don't feel icky about doing this for a lower price because I'm getting something that I see of great value. So like I'll shoot for Wall Street Journal. For portraits, they pay $400. That's like, that's 
crazy low for um, to go and shoot a portrait like that. But you know, they've I'm shooting Tim McGraw for them. I'm shooting. Um, you know, all these like celebrities, HGTV, like some, some Chip and Joanna Gaines, like these people for Wall Street Journal that, well, one, it's good for my name to be in Wall Street Journal, but then two, now I get a really cool portrait of Joanna Gaines for my website. Um, so I'm okay doing that for $400. So uh, you just want to make sure you're getting out of it what you feel your value should be. So then to go back a little bit to some of the like accounting and stuff like that, like having yeah. to keep track of numbers and manage all that. Do you do that yourself or do you hire somebody to do it? Uh, man, that's a beat down. I've, I've been telling my wife for the last few years, can like, we really need to get a financial person to do all this. Cause right now this weekend, uh, we're trying to finish up our taxes for our tax guy. Uh, and that's crunching all these numbers, going through all the credit cards, um, you know, printouts and statements and color coding all of them. This is food. This is travel. This is, you know, and it is just a beat down. So I am doing it um, myself. Uh, I want to not do it anymore. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, for us, though, it's. It's like one hell week, you know, where it's like this this one week. We just kind of do all the numbers for taxes um, and just do it. I would like to give that up and not do that. So do you do like the whole year stuff all at just once, basically? Totally. For do taxes, you, yeah. you So you go through and just categorize everything then versus like kind of, I guess, like passively or like incrementally throughout. Yeah, I, I'm, I wish that I was uh, good at doing that. I'm just not. <laughs> That's it's, understandable. It's, it's hard, man, especially my... it's not how we, there's so many other things we want to think about and do. Yeah, and it's totally. hard to really switch over and do that stuff until it's like, oh, fuck, I got to do this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll keep an eye on my, you know, accounts and of course make sure I've got money in these things. And when I'm sending out you know, checks to people. And so I have an idea of kind of what's happening, but I'm definitely not the type of person that just am on it all the time and know exactly where, you know, everything is at any given time. Are you a more of a like do it on paper kind of guy? Or do you use digital services to keep track um, of that stuff? I do fresh books. Okay. And they're awesome. I mean, so they keep you super organized in like in invoicing people and uh, stuff like that, as in, you know, buying equipment or whatever. Of course, that's not on there. And that's just basically a receipt in a drawer. Uh, so when it comes to like invoicing and stuff like that, it's all digital organized to this company. Uh but like just uh, expenditures, it's just a receipt. Okay. What a... So you probably shouldn't be asking me about the <laughs> paperwork financial <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Ask somebody else that's good yeah, at that. It's, it's always interesting to hear how other people do it, you know? Oh, like, man. I, I, I use YNAB, You Need a Budget. Mm. And like, I'll go through and I go like every week and go through and categorize yeah, that's stuff. Awesome. So when it comes to like the end of the year, I'm like, okay, I have like a week or two to do. And then it's like filter out certain things and export a PDF to send yeah. to my, or a, a, a spreadsheet to send to my, my CPA to do the yeah. tax stuff. You're way ahead of me, but, man. But dude, I mean, there's a guy that I that like, I mean, there's people that do it all kinds of different ways. Yeah. Like there is somebody that I talked to on here recently that, designs invoices in InDesign and sends all his invoices out and p spits out PDFs from there and then just color codes the files within. Oh my gosh. And that's his system and way of keeping, keeping track of stuff, yeah. you know, and it's, I find it very fascinating that people though, we're all kind of doing the same type of work. We have so many different ways of doing this. Yeah. And I mean, I think it just really speaks to the creative nature of the stuff that we do and how it's like in every avenue of the things that we do, there's some sort of creative 
manifestation or outpouring yeah. in that. Yeah, totally. And, and it is like, you know, like there is no necessarily like particularly like right way or wrong way of doing yeah. things, but it just kind of continues to reinforce the point in my mind that like we're all kind of getting to the same place more or less, which is to be able to make a living doing the things we love. Yeah. But we all get there in so many different ways so and true. the way they look. And it's beautiful to me. Yeah. I think it's so it's true. a very beautiful thing. I just, for me, it's just not as important. I don't, it is important, but I spend more of my time and energy in the creative process, which I really love and enjoy. Um, and just not, but like the whole financing and keeping, keeping all that perfectly yeah. organized. So, yeah. What, uh, I mean, dude, we've talked about a lot of stuff so far. Was there, yeah, is there stuff that you good. want to talk about that we haven't hit on or I haven't asked you uh, about or you think that's important for people to. Man, I, I don't care. Whatever's helpful for people. I mean, that's the, I think the beauty of this is like, um, helping other photographers and freelancers out there. Um, which is what I, I, I've come to a point in my life where money is a less important thing and fulfillment or, you know, like helping others is, is getting to be more and more and more important. Um, just realizing that money can only get you so far. Um, so I love that, that we're doing this and I'm open to kind of doing whatever to, to help people. I actually just recently gave the uh, commencement speech at my old high school uh, a couple of months ago. I bet you never thought you'd be doing that. Never. And was totally <laughs> nervous as hell to do it. Um, they told me there would be about 4,000 people in this like little stadium. Uh, and I didn't want to do it. I'm really not a good public speaker at all. Um, but in my mind, I thought, man, if this helps a few people out there, a few kids, like I'll, I'm all for it. Let's do this. I'm super nervous. I hope I don't screw this thing up, but if it helps a few people, like I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah. So I, that's kind of where I am in, in life and doing flock, the co-working space. It's all about that. It's like, I really enjoy giving back and helping others and helping others succeed. And I'm at a point where I've been doing this long enough where I am at a place of, and this sounds arrogant, but I don't really don't mean it to be, but a, a place of influence where I have enough knowledge and wisdom and, and uh, doing this for so long that I could share it with these other people and help them along the way. And I absolutely love that. That's yeah. like gives me so much fulfillment and joy. You feel like it's a duty at all, or like? Absolutely not. I oh, I guess I enjoy it more than than making money. I mean, I'm definitely making less money now that I'm doing flock, and that is such a huge part of what I do and being around there and helping others and shooting less. Uh, but I'm so much more happy with my life right. and fulfilled. Uh, I guess whenever I say like, I do. you feel like it's a duty. I'm thinking more, not like, oh, it's a task. It's something I got to do, but more yeah. of, do, oh, you, I see what you're like, saying. do you feel like, a, like, fuck, I have this knowledge. I have this influence. I have a responsibility totally. to do something with it. Yeah. But it's not I just for me. So. Yeah. I'd feel extremely selfish if I didn't share the knowledge that I've gotten and I just keep it all to myself. Yeah. That's, uh, that I'd, I'd, I hate the idea of that. I mean, I want to sleep well at night and, and doing flock and doing that part. Um, it's tough, man, running two different businesses and, and you've got business partners and you've got the mindset of like photography and the mindset of like running a co-working space for creatives is so different. It's, it's one of the busiest times of my life, but man, I, I hit the bed tired but with a huge smile on my face you know like I feel good about it I'm tired and there's times I'm stressed or even frustrated but at the end of the day I'm so thankful for what I'm doing and um and just feel really happy about that were you how long have you been married for 
15 years. Okay. About to be 16. So you basically made this jump into the freelance right around the time, like the same <laughs> year you got married more or less? Yeah, totally. The, the Yeah, the uh, assisting and freelancing transition was during that time. What was that like? Because, <laughs> I mean, like, do you have kids? Uh, I have a little girl. Okay, like I, <clears throat> I'm single. I don't have kids. Yeah. And I run like my business and I kind of have other stuff like another business that I'm working on trying to kind of work on. And so it's yeah. like, I feel that where there's just so much stuff to do yeah. and I'm like, golly, to be able to try to manage like a serious relationship on top of this totally. and to like have a kid and yeah. do that. Like, dude, how do you, what's it's a, it's a learning. I mean, I'm constantly trying to figure out how to do it. Uh, there's times that I would want to, you know, work until midnight up at the studio because something has to get done or whatever. But I'm thinking <clears throat> my daughter goes to bed at eight and I'd like to see her, you know, at the end of the day before she goes to bed. So I'm like, well, this stuff is just going to have to wait till the next day. Um, so there, it, there's constant uh, negotiating of your time. I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, my wife and my daughter bring me so much joy and and excitement in my life. I'm I'm pretty boring person without them. Um, I I like quiet. I like stillness. I like peace, and would choose that every day, all day, uh, even being alone most of the time. Um, but when they do, you know, like I have to like <laughs> be involved and talk and lay on the floor and play dolls and stuff like that. Before it happens, I'm like, oh man, for real, I got to do this. But then after I do, or even during, I'm like, man, I'm so happy I'm doing this. So um, I'm, I'm a better person. I'm more happy and fulfilled and with them in my life and wouldn't change it. But uh, you do have to constantly pick what you're going to do with your time. And there's times, of course, where I'm like, I'm sorry, you guys, this week is just going to be crazy. Next week, I'm going to take a full day off and spend with you and whatever. So there's negotiations and stuff like that. Uh, so you just, you just try and do your best. Nobody's going to be perfect. Yeah. I screw up all the time. Um, but you just, you hopefully you learn from it and, and do better next time. Were you, I, I, I'm very much at like, go, go, go all the time. Yeah. And, and my social life has suffered from it a bit because yeah. I'm just so driven and focused and like, I have all this stuff I want to do and I have all these dreams and stuff. Yeah. And I've had to get to the point where like you're talking about like, you know, negotiating and kind of figuring out how you're going to divvy up your time. Uh, yeah. I mean, was that something that you ever found yourself having to kind of reckon with, or have you always like, since you started yeah. out kind of seen that from the beginning and been like, all right, I'm going to have to kind of set boundaries and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bad at that. Um, I'm pretty bad at if, if it was just me and my decisions, I would just work constantly. Um, and it's not necessarily, a, it's not a good thing uh, or healthy thing or, or even out of an enjoyment. It's out of a, a always feeling behind or always feeling like people are ahead of me and um, I've got to catch up. I've got to catch up. And so uh, I have to really be careful with how much I work and how much time I put into it. And what it does to the people around me, uh, especially my family. So I don't know if it, my dad was an entrepreneur. He was a pharmacist and owned three different pharmacies. Um, I think growing up and seeing that, and he worked, I mean, when I was growing up, six days a week, it was just extremely hard worker. Uh, so I, I'm sure I've probably seen that and just kind of, in my head, seen that as normal. Uh, and good because I, I had a really good dad um, but I want to be around more than he was I want to uh, the importance of my family I want to be more important 
to me than it, it was important to him. But I think it back then it was just kind of the normal thing The the dad goes and he works all day and works his butt off. And then he comes home and, you know, it was kind of the, it's almost like you do that because, because they care. And it's yeah, like, that's exactly. how they show that they care. That's how I see it. Yeah. Or my I feel dad's like it's cared kinda... for me, but it was, he was working for me instead yeah. of spending the quality time, you know, with me. And I want to change that a little bit where work is important. I am a hard worker and I don't mind working extremely hard. Um, but I, I don't want my daughter Ella to to see that as the most valuable thing. My, my dad really provided a nice home for me and some nice clothes. You know, I want her to say my dad was around. He came to you know, my games and he was, uh, came to school events. And, and so that's, it's tough. I, I still, uh, it's a tough one because I still mess up. I still, uh, work too much and, and don't spend as much time as yeah. I should with them. Do you, with all the stuff that you have going on, how do you manage your time? Do you, I mean, do you have like your day split off into like, hey, this morning I do this, and the afternoon there's this. This yeah. is at this time, or how um, do you? Is there any? Yeah, that that's a good question. Uh, I'm I'm still learning. Like I said, if if during the work day, if I'm not working, I I feel an anxiousness inside me. It's hard for me to take time off just to myself. Um, which is, is an issue I have. Uh, I have an assistant that, that I use a lot. I've gotten better at delegating. I read um, Tim Ferriss's 4-Hour Workweek and listened to a few podcasts and some other things, and it, it talked a lot about do what you are really good at and everything else, like get rid of, let other people do it. And so I've been getting better at doing that because I want to be the face to the client. I want to create the concepts for the photos. I want to shoot the photos and then I don't want to do anything else. I want, um, because that's kind of the creative part to me and something that only I can do everything else I want to just be happening. And so my assistant now, Kelly, um, she'll take the images, download the cards, back them up, put up web galleries, do a quick, you know, color correction and edit on them. Uh, we'll send the edit to the client. They make their picks. She gets them, the picks, says what needs to be retouched on them, sends them to the retoucher, gets them back, and then uploads the finals. And then I might tweak them a little bit, color tones and stuff like that. Um, but then I just send it to the client. So um, I'm getting better with my time where I'm not mixed in with all these tiny little details that just eat up your time. Editing is, it, man, it just eats up so much time. So I'll, and they're not perfect when I get them back, but they're 95% there. And then I can spend 20 minutes on that last 5% and be done with it instead of spending a whole day doing something where, um, you know, I can have other people do it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting better at that. Um, in the mornings, I like to write down a to-do list of just things that need to get done. I'm definitely more of a pen to paper type person. I like to see it. I like to cross it out. Um, so I do that, just kind of keep lists and, and just knock stuff out that needs to get done. Um, yeah. Does that answer? Yeah, it does, man. Okay. Cool. Um, I mean, I feel like if co we covered a lot of stuff, I don't know, like I, I don't feel like I have a whole lot of other pressing questions right now. Is there, I mean, like closing out, is there any, is there anything we haven't talked about you feel like people should know about, or is there anything mm. that you, you want to like final things you want to say to like new young freelancers? Yeah, I would say, um, man, what I tell people is it's going to take a while. Anything that's like worth anything is going to take a while and so just keep pushing don't give up I mean it took me five years till I was making money doing what I really enjoy um, but it's so worth it I totally enjoy what I do and I'm uh, extremely thankful that I'm in a place where I am 
but it was hard at first. It was really hard. And most people give up. Most people will think, man, I'm going to be a photographer. I, I got me a camera and now I'm going to do this. And they'll try it for like a year, two years, um, and continue to struggle. So they quit. Um, which is fine because if you're the person that doesn't quit and you keep going, it's, it will work out and it's totally worth it. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, where can people find you and your work online? Uh, so justinclemens.com, uh, C L E M O N S. Uh, Instagram is at Justin Clemens. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, flock studio is the, uh, co-working space for creatives. So F-L-O-C-C? That's correct, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I'll have, we'll put all Justin's information and Flock Studios information in the show notes, which you can find uh, in the description anywhere you hear this podcast, or you can check them out at vkc.com slash freelance Friday. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. Uh, if you found this episode helpful, uh, it would be really helpful for us and for the show and for new people looking for the show to go and leave a rating and a review. Uh, it just helps kind of push things up in the algorithm so that it's more likely to come across people's feeds. Um, searching for it helps it show up in search results more often. The feedback helps us here, the Freelance Friday team, kind of know what to do going forward because really uh, we want to provide helpful, valuable resources, information for you, our listeners. And so the more we can be in touch with you and have a, a, uh, a finger on that pulse, the better off I think that we'll all be. Uh, thanks so much. And we will be with you next time. Freelance Friday is a VKC production. VKC is a freelance content creator based in the United States and available worldwide. VKC, big production value, freelance agility and scale.